0: broadcasting from the Star City of the South in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Roanoke, Virginia. Aho dog. Howdy to y'all. This is Jamie, and we're back on the air with a story of man's best friend. We love dogs. Just about all of us do, big dogs, small dogs, yappy dogs, fluffy dogs, all of them are lovable. If you were to ask a dog owner why they love their dogs so much, they'd probably tell you that they have a close and enduring bond with their dogs. They care about them on a deep level and know their dogs care about them in return, offering company, love, and an undeniable loyalty. One of the other things they'll tell you is that they have a relationship with dogs that they simply can't have with human beings. This is part of what make dogs so lovable, their differences from humans. Their exchanges and dynamics with their dogs are different than those with their human counterparts in various ways that make dogs an indispensable creature in our modern lives. But still, The question remains, why do we love dogs so much? Well, first off, (laughs) from Boston Terriers, Cocker Spaniels, Poodles, to Pugs, there are so many adorable dog breeds that you can't discriminate. We always find ourselves around adorable pictures of dogs. Can't resist. All dogs, no matter what size or color, are hard not to love. Dogs appear continuously the first ones to notice once you have a bad day. With their cute face and licking of the hand, they are able to cause you to feel just great. Dogs are trustworthy in three ways, too. We can always trust that they will protect us. We can trust our dog will never judge or criticize us. And dogs are trustworthy within the sense that You just ought to never trust somebody your dog does not like. There is nobody that we can trust more than our dogs. They always have our back. I know well enough that there have been dogs so loving that they have thrown themselves into the same grave with their dead bodies of their masters. Others have stayed upon their masters' graves without stirring a moment from them and have voluntarily starved themselves to death, refusing to touch the food that was brought them. There are some that would say a dog is only loyal so long as it is getting food and shelter. But if you have ever known a dog and you've seen the reaction it has when you come home or it is reunited with a fellow four-legged friend, you know it is about more than that. There are plenty of examples of dogs showing loyalty to their owners. Some of the famous, the most famous of the dogs, pictured lying next to the casket of his Navy SEAL owner or the dog that would greet his owner at the train station every day after he arrived home from work. Even after the owner died, this dog, Hachiko, went to the station every day for the next nine years, waiting for the arrival of his best friend. Thorns may hurt you. Men desert you. Sunlight turned to fog, but you're never friendless ever, if you have a dog. Dogs have been humans' best friends for thousands of years. They are there for us through thick and thin. They never judge and are always happy to see us return, whether we've been gone five hours or five minutes. I have found that when you are deeply troubled, there are things you get from the silent, devoted companionship of a dog that you just can't get from no other source. And did you know that dogs can indeed smell cancer in humans as they have a remarkable nose and cancer has a smell that they can detect. For logistical reasons, dogs are not currently used to screen people for cancer, but they can be helpful in our human quest to develop cancer screening tools. Dogs' ability to sniff out cancer is promising and very useful in the medical field, and is just one of the many ways that dogs are amazing. Everyone has dogs in my neighborhood. From boxers, terriers, and German shepherds, and even a coonhound in my backyard. The dogs we have owned over the years were, well, my first one was Fipsy who I got over in Germany. Fipsy who was part dash hound and terrier. If she didn't like you, she would let you know by nipping at your legs. I found out the judge who granted my divorce picked him up from the dog shelter. Now, that was a little weird. Ragamuffin was our next dog. She was the most lovable cocker spaniel who my ex-wife inherited. And then when we moved to Kansas, we got a little poodle named Pierre. Yes, don't know why, but he ran off and never came back. Must have found a girlfriend or someone picked him up. Either way, we lived in the country beside a greyhound farm that raced them in Salina, Kansas. The owner would starve them poor greyhounds until after they raced at the track. I thought that was cruel on his part. Our fourth dog, we bought her in Wichita, Kansas, while our daughter performed at a ballet contest. She was purchased at the mall. The pet shop would let her out and mingle with the customers inside the pet shop, and and she was so disciplined that she would not go outside inside the mall she would stay inside the pet shop. Uh, It was crazy to me, but we just had to have have this dog for the girls. What we did know about Boston Terriers is that they're a little gassy. So on our drive back home to Junction City, we kept pointing the finger at one another. We decided as a family to call her Beano. (laughs) We moved her with us to Virginia, where one night when I, let her out to use the restroom, one of the neighbors ran over her. She was unfamiliar with the area, and our neighbor really felt bad. I buried her behind our house. That was really tough to tell the girls the next morning. Then we decided to replace Bino with Yaz, another Boston Terrier. Bad idea. Let's put it this way. Yes, and I didn't get along, so we gave him away free to another family that was looking for a Boston Terrier. Then we had Pugsley. What a great dog. She was a pug, so naturally we called her Pugsley, or just Pugs. She hated to be held and would eat anything, and I mean anything. She loved chasing deer in our backyard, which we would laugh at her because she was so fat and had short legs. We had her for a long time, and after the girls moved out, Pugs lost her eyesight, and it was difficult for her to get around. It was a sad decision, but we couldn't let her continue to live like that, so we made a decision to take her to a vet and put, put, her, put her down. The girls were really upset with me because I didn't tell them beforehand. My wife and I knew that if we did, they would want to take care of her but they were both in college at the time and had no way of taking care of her. We didn't purchase another dog for a long time, but we did buy our daughters each a dog. Bella, the most sweetest Boston Terrier. She loved playing frisbee in the backyard. She lived a very long life and passed away in New Jersey with my daughter by her side. Daisy, a little pug that loved to torment our dog Pugsley by nipping at her ears, always wanting to play. She lived a very short life. She got behind my daughter's car in the driveway and was run over. God, I still remember that phone call from my daughter when she called me at work and told me what happened. She was holding her on the front porch steps, cradling her and sobbing her eyes out. Daisy is buried beside Bino in our backyard. Teddy. A little cute little shih tzu that lives in Toledo, Ohio. He's very active chasing squirrels in his backyard and he loves to play. Then we finally have Shelby. She is a miniature chihuahua and doesn't know what grass is. She is an indoor dog and is not allowed outside. She is allowed to go out on the front porch, but only if we are with her. She can only play on the back porch, which is enclosed. She has the living room, kitchen, dining area, and foyer. She's not allowed in the formal dining room or upstairs. I tell my wife and friends that she lives in a gated community. I love this little dog, but sometimes she gets on our nerves because she will bark at me for some reason if I'm going outside or upstairs. We haven't been able to break her of that habit. Other than that, She has been probably the best dog we have owned, and will be the last since we're getting much older now. Man's best friend is a dog, the old saying goes, and that applies to combat as well. Military working dogs serve with all branches of the military today and have been used by the United States since the Revolutionary War. They were first used as pack animals, but working dogs have served in military roles such as scouting, policing, detection, and even combat. Hundreds of dogs served with the U.S. military forces in Iraq and Afghanistan as scout dogs, police dogs, and helped with tasks like landmine detection and border patrol. There are countless stories of bravery and heroism from these four-legged members of the military, and those continue to this day. Let's take a look at just a few of the hundreds of amazing military dogs in U.S. history. The first dog on our list is Sally, who served in the Civil War as the mascot of the 11th Pennsylvania Volunteer Infantry. Sally was a Stratfordshire Terrier who served with the soldiers on the front lines of many battles. She was even at the Battle of Gettysburg, where she got separated from the 11th Pennsylvania Volunteer Infantry during the fighting. Sally was found by her soldiers three days after going missing. She was still on the battlefield, guarding the wounded and dead soldiers. Sally was killed in action at the Battle of Hatcher's Run in Virginia. Years after the Civil War had ended, soldiers from her regiment placed a memorial statue of Sally at Gettysburg. Then there was Sergeant Stubby. He was the most decorated war dog of World War I serving with the 102nd Infantry, 26th Yankee Division. The only dog to be promoted to the rank through combat, Sergeant Stubby served in the trenches in France, warning soldiers of incoming shells, gas attacks, and locating wounded soldiers on the battlefield. In one instance, he captured a German spy single-handed. Corporal John Robert Conroy took Stubby at Yale, where the soldiers were training. Conroy then snuck Stubby with him to France when the troops shipped out. After the two survived a gas attack by the Germans, Stubby developed a keen smell for gas and would alert the men to incoming attacks since he could smell it long before a human could. He received multiple medals, met three presidents, and became the official mascot of Georgetown University and the war. Sergeant Stubby was with Conroy when he died in 1926. The most decorated military dog of World War II was a German Shepherd, Collie Husky, mixed named Chips. Part of the Dogs for Defense program initiated after the attack on Pearl Harbor, Chips was given to the military by his owner in New York. Chips served in General Patton's 7th Army in Germany. Italy, Sicily, France, and North Africa. He was awarded the Silver Star for valor and the Purple Heart for his injuries. Unfortunately, the military later took back the medals, claiming that Chips was only equipment and not eligible to receive the medals. Chips has many stories of heroics and valor on the battlefields of World War II, but perhaps his two most famous acts happened in the same day. While in Sicily, Chips and his fellow troops became pinned down by machine gun fire from a pillbox. Chips single-handedly charged into the pillbox and captured all four Italian soldiers inside. Later that night, while the soldiers were asleep, Chips heard enemy soldiers approaching for an ambush, then woke and alerted the men the soldiers were able to capture thanks to chips who had saved their lives. Nemo A-534 is a German shepherd, and he served with the Air Force in the Vietnam War. While on guard duty one night with his handler, Airman Robert Thornburg, Nemo sensed enemy soldiers approaching and alerted Thornburg. Thanks to Nemo's alert, Thronberg was not taken by surprise, and the two were able to put up a valiant fight. Both Nemo and his handler were shot during the fight with the Viet Cong guerrillas. Thronberg in the chest and Nemo in the nose and eye. Despite the gunshot wound, Nemo helped keep the attackers at bay long enough for Thronberg to radio for help. Thronberg fell unconscious from his wounds, Nemo guarded his wounded handler against attacking forces until help arrived. In fact, Nemo was so protective of his handler that he wouldn't let anyone near him, friend or foe, and it eventually took a veterinarian to get Nemo to move so that the medics could treat them. Both recovered from their injuries. Thronberg received a Purple Heart and a Bronze Star Medal with Valor, and Nemo was given a permanent kennel to retire. He was one of the first dogs allowed to return to the United States after serving overseas since World War II. Modern-day U.S. military dogs are used primarily for sniffing out and detecting hidden or buried explosives or IDs. In the Middle East, one modern military dog, Cairo, has the unique distinction of being the only military personnel named from Operation Neptune Spear covert military operation that took down Osama bin Laden. Cairo is a Belgian Malinois and a canine member of the elite Navy SEALs team. Cairo was part of the Navy SEAL team that stormed Osama bin Laden's compound in May of 2011 in Pakistan. Cairo helped secure the outside perimeter of the building and was tasked with tracking down anyone who tried to escape as well as being an alert of any incoming interference. He was outfitted with a special vest that included tactical equipment. Though little known is, is known about the exact actions of Cairo during the operation, he was the only military dog to be part of one of the biggest military operations in modern history. We love our popular television dogs. Rin Tin Tin. With a unique name and a touching backstory, Rin Tin Tin stands as one of the more famous rescue dogs of all time. He and some of his direct descendants starred in silent films, movies, and multiple TV series. His early popularity in cinema helped catapult the German Shepherd into American homes as one of the most popular family dogs of the era. Then there was Lassie. If it weren't for Lassie, Timmy would 100% still be at the well, probably. How about all of the 101 Dalmatians? Talk about having a big support system. These pups know what family is all about, and they're willing to fight an evil woman who stands in their way. Then there was Pluto. First and foremost, if Mickey Mouse loves Pluto, the entire world should love Pluto. But you also have to give Pluto credit for really breaking the mold and accepting himself, no matter the Hollywood standards. After all, he was the only member of the Sensational Six not to dress up in human clothes. Keep doing you, Pluto. We love you. Goofy is a good-natured dog from Disney. Though, he can be a bit clumsy and trips himself up from time to time. He never loses his willingness to try his best at anything. Goofy has been with us now for 90 years, starting back in 1932. Last year, in August of 2021, Goofy started a series of how-to, short topics on how to stay home from the COVID-19 pandemic and would educate us on how to wear a mask to binge watching. It looks like Goofy will never get old and will always be with us. Yo, <laughs> yo, something wrong here. <laughs> Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Toto was nothing if not loyal. Not many dogs would follow their owner through a tornado and then continue to stick by her side through talking scarecrows, flying monkeys, and multiple music numbers. There is no Charlie Brown without Snoopy, too. Every little bald boy needs a best friend with excellent taste in doghouse decor. <laughs> Dino. Yes, he's a dinosaur, a snorkosaurus, to be precise, but to say that this scene stealer can't identify as a dog is absolutely prehistoric. <laughs> Then there's Astro. Even in the distant future, there exists a world where the dog steals the show. Lovable Astro, who winningly charmed his way into the Jetson family by beating out an electronic imposter, kept his family happy by serving as an emotional punching bag for George and a loyal buddy to Elroy. And if you love Scooby-Doo, You must rub Astro. You're the greatest guy in the whole galaxy. Hello. (laughs) Scooby Doo gets you. He understands when you are scared of ghosts. He understands when you feel like you're going to die if you don't get your hands on some fruit snacks. He knows what it's like to solve a crime. He gets it. Scooby Dooby Doo. And then, there's Beethoven. Beethoven didn't need to talk or solve crimes. Beethoven simply needed to be lovable, soft, and create adorable puppies. And from the Sandlot movie, he's big, he's slobbery, he loves nothing more than a good baseball. Hercules. and Let's face it, he's probably the best cuddle partner you can ever imagine. And finally... There is Bruiser from Legally Blonde. Bruiser will fetch your mail, accompany you to the nail salon, and support your newfound desire to go to Harvard Law School, (laughs) should that be one of your life goals. And all the while, Bruiser will look, well, fabulous. I'm never going to be good enough for you, am I? You speak dog better than you think you do. You may not be fluent. That would require actually being a dog. Sometimes my wife thinks I'm a dog and tells me, you're in the doghouse. But if you went to live in a dog's only world, you'd be pretty good at understanding what they're saying. You can tell a nervous ship from a menacing growl, a bark that says hello, from a bark that says get lost. You can read the body language that says happy, that says sad, that says tired, that says scared, that says please, please, please play with me right now. You have got to admit, dogs and humans love each other more than anyone else. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast about our lovable companions. I love my Shelby. Best dog ever. This is Jamie Lee. Thanks for listening because the best day of my life is right here with you.